What's up, everybody? Welcome back to My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and this podcast covers lifestyle, travel, mindset, and manifestation. Today's podcast is all about lifestyle and travel, kind of a combo as I discuss my relationship with my partner, Nick. So we discuss our lifestyle together, how we met abroad traveling, what our travel plans are, but that's not it. This is actually a two hour episode. So we decided to split it into two parts. It's actually almost two and a half hours. So we definitely wanted to split it up because there is so much juicy info in here. We talk about how we fell for each other, the first time we said I love you, what are the biggest fights we've been in, our favorite things about each other, our least favorite things about each other. I'm telling you, I think we asked each other every single question we could possibly think of, and we answered every single listener question. So if you wrote in a question, we absolutely answered it, and if we didn't, I'm sure you'll find it somewhere in these two and a half hours. So because this is such a long episode, I don't really want to take up too much time with the intro. I just wanted to let you all know about Mindset Bootcamp coming up on January 11th. So we kick off on January 11th for four weeks, and it's all about the foundations of mindset. So what I realized with my last course is I was diving right in headfirst into the subconscious, the ego, growth mindset, which are all amazing things to talk about. But I realized I don't know that I covered the foundations, which are literally what we need in order to scale up our mindset growth. So things like journaling and meditation obviously sound amazing, but do you know how to do them? Do you know where to start? Do you know the purpose of them? Why does everybody preach about it? You know, why is everyone always telling you to journal and meditate and visualization and embodiment? So all these words we always hear and with all the gurus out there telling you, you know, just do the work and you don't really know what the work is, then Mindset Bootcamp is for you. So this is four weeks about very simple concepts broken down into small videos with a Q&A call each week to cover that concept. So for example, week one will be about journaling, week two about meditation, so on and so forth. And I'll give you real life exercises and practical tips. This is like the pillar of my coaching is making sure that anything you do with me, you leave with your own toolkit. Like you don't need to come back to the course and work with me one-on-one to do this work. You can actually continue doing it yourself from what everything you learn in the course. Now you do have lifetime access. So of course, if you want to go back and watch everything you can, so that's just a bonus. And there are payment plans. You all know I love payment plans. It's how I have been able myself to invest in some different programs this year. So there are multiple payment plan options and there's a VIP option if you want to do a one-on-one bonus call with me at the end where we'll get into your mindset action plan. So we can discuss a topic that you're really having big mindset blocks around. We can discuss future planning and visualizing and goal setting. Really whatever you want to talk about is included in the VIP option. So again, Mindset Bootcamp kicks off on January 11th and I will plug the link into the show notes so you can sign up or DM me at Chelsea Rife if you have any questions. Okay, let's jump into part one with my partner, Nick. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today is the episode that many of you have been waiting for. I don't think I've gotten any more questions than I have for this episode. It is the relationship podcast with my boyfriend, Nick. Welcome to the show, Nick. Hello. Are you excited? Yep. I am excited to get into how we met. We we wrote surprise questions for each other that we didn't prepare for. So this will be interesting to see what pops up. And I'm not kidding. I think I got like 30 questions for this podcast. So it could be guided by questions, but I think everybody wants to know how we met. So I would love to hear your version of the story (laughs) and then I'll tell mine. All right. Um, Well, yeah, as you may know, we met in Byron. Um, And yeah, it was just one night like usual, like we were meeting at this little grass place barbecue place next to a playground and uh it was <laughs> it was next to a playground know, it sounds so weird <laughs> yeah well there was barbecue and there was like a strip of grass and like every night there's music playing there and then people just stay there from the hostels around so yeah she was from um another hostel and i was from the hostel right next to this grass place so um we yeah, we met there. She was sitting on a table and I don't know, I was just jumping around talking to everyone and I don't know, I saw this 
saw this table full of uh, good-looking women. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought, okay, what, uh, what can you say? And I, I just first sentence to, to get any attention was, my hostel is better than your hostel. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Chelsea, <laughs> it worked on Chelsea. So she was like, oh, no, our hostel is so much better. So yeah, that's how, how we started talking. And I don't know how, how but we both enjoyed the talk. So we never stopped talking that night. Yeah. And met the next day. Yes, that's how we met. Um, and to give you guys background, I was saying, like you said, at a different hostel down the street. And what was interesting was I wasn't even going to go out that night. I was with my friend Marley and her boyfriend Max, and they were the only people I knew at the hostel. And I would always go out with them. And then they were like, well, we're going to stay inside. And for some reason, I went out and it was because there was another American at the hostel that was like, just come out with us. So I was like, okay, why not? So it was interesting because I wasn't even planning to go out that night. And the reason I wanted to tell everyone that is I know there's a lot of single people listening being like, oh, I'm never going to meet anybody. It's so hard to meet people. My city sucks. And I'm like, it took one decision for me to go out that night to meet Nick. And then it took Nick one line to say something to me. And we ended up meeting that night. And yeah. I wasn't going out with any expectations of meeting someone that I would end up living with that night. Yeah. Yeah, like I have the I have the feeling that every time you go out and have that feeling, like I have to meet someone tonight, it, it you won't meet anyone because you're like, oh, this could be the one, but I'm too shy to talk to him or her or whatever. So um, yeah, I always had the impression whenever you go out, like I need to find someone, like I want to hook up with someone tonight. You're you're probably not gonna hook up with anyone. Yeah, then that's exactly right. Like I went out that night, like oh whatever, I'll hang out with people from my hostel and see how it goes. And like you said, the pressure was off. I wasn't yeah. like, I have to meet my future boyfriend at this bonfire. <laughs> it was like, let's just see what happens and go out. So yeah, he said this line, like my hustle's better than yours. I was really drunk and started being like, no, we were just going back and forth. You didn't seem drunk at all. Yeah, he says that. And I was like, I was wasted. <laughs> she was talking a lot, but she wasn't drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking. Yeah, I was talking a lot. I talk a lot when I'm drunk. Um, so yeah, we ended up hanging out the next day. And can you tell a story of how we went on our first date, like how it came to be? Um, you asked, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right uh, word for it, but Chelsea asked for the uh, for sushi. And I was like, like the evening when we met, like she was like, oh yeah, like if we uh, want to meet again, you have to buy me sushi. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the evening, so here we go. Let's buy a sushi. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I was pretty drunk, and I apparently I had just been like so ballsy, and I said like, yeah, if we go out again, we're getting dinner. Like we're not going to do another drunk outing, just drinking out by the beach. Yeah. Like, I wanted to be taken out on a date, so I like to tell that story too because again, I did an Australia recap where I talked about how dating abroad can be so hard, but with this one, I was like, who cares if I'm not going to see him again? Like. Let me just see what happens if I kind of, I don't want to say demand a date, but like make that a known thing that I want to go on a date. Yeah. And I, I would think maybe three years ago, two years ago, I would have never done that. I would have been like, this is so forward. He's going to think I'm crazy. And and I want, you, yeah, I want you to say why you didn't think it was crazy. It doesn't matter how you say it to me. Like to me, it matters like what you say. Like if you want, like you say you want to go on a date with me and you want to have sushi, I'm like, Pfft. I, do I want to go on a date with her? That's that's what's going through my head. Like, yeah. do I want to go on a date with you or not? Or did I enjoy the evening last night? Yes or no? Yeah. So um, I was just telling myself, like, yeah, do you want to have a date with her again? Yes. So here's your answer. Yeah. didn't matter to me, like, if it's too forward because I'm a forward person myself. So <laughs> I don't really, sure, I didn't really <laughs> care that much how you said it. And then what was your mindset like at this time? when you were traveling? Because I think it was your last month in Australia. So what was it around dating and going out and all that? Um, I was pretty open. I just came from a farm um, that I stayed on since the beginning of the year. And it was July already. And I was like, okay, you have one more month uh, in Australia. So you might as well enjoy it. And um, I don't know, I didn't go with any expectations. Like I was, I was honestly not thinking that I would end up uh, moving here with a 29-year-old American. <laughs> um, but I'm glad I did it. And it's like, it just shows me that if I don't go with any expectation in something, then it will all work out. Yeah. My mindset was similar to his. Actually, Nick and I have a lot of weird overlap with our stories. Yeah. Like, I think even our visas were the same date. Remember? Yeah, 15th of August was mine. 
okay mine was like august 8th or something but yeah. i remember being like that's weird and then we found out we were always around the same places in australia but i was in a similar position it was my last month i was in byron bay only supposed like supposed to be there for two weeks and then i was going to go back to sydney say bye to everybody and go home so i actually ended up this is before i even met nick having so much fun in byron bay that i changed my flight and i was just going to stay in byron the whole time and then go home and like i said it took one decision one conversation and we ended up hanging out and it was going really well but my mindset was not like last month I need to find a boyfriend and (laughs) I need to figure out like I was talking to my mom about how I was flying home and you know what groceries to get when I landed not like oh I might move to Germany with some guy that was I feel like in the beginning of my stay there I was a little more like you said who am I gonna go see tonight it's time to go out and meet guys and this period of time my mindset was like "Hmm, last month and have fun and it seems like you were too yeah, just see what approaches me and go with the flow. So we meet, we hit it off, we go on this date, but then you were going on a trip up the coast. Yeah. And I remember being like, going on that date, being like, well, whatever, it's fun. Like, it's fun to get your foot back in the dating world just to like go on a date, but I'm not going to see him again. And so when you left, my mindset was like, oh, that was fun. He he left. Yeah. What were you thinking when you were going on this trip? Yeah, I was like, Byron is Byron and we just go up the coast and I'm going to be there for a week or two. And who knows? I probably won't be back in Byron. Maybe I just go straight to Sydney and then fly back home because that was like, that was a month before I left and I, we didn't plan anything. We were just, okay, maybe we just go up to Ellie Beach. Maybe we just go, we keep driving until Cairns. Who knows? So um, I was like, who knows if we meet again? I was, I put a check behind it, but it wasn't like, okay, we have to stop talking now. Mm-hmm. When we were, we were still texting and texting and being, I don't know, working well together, even though we were just not meeting in person and we just met for two days or three days. Yeah, only two days. Yeah, but we still had that connection already. So I thought, okay, let's see what Ellie brings. And if I have time, I'll visit you in back in Baron again. Yeah. And... Yeah, I had a good time up the coast, but the then Corona started to get worse and we were like, okay, our flight is booked from Sydney. So we have to get back there um, and get back into New South Wales. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go to Byron. Like I was traveling with my brother and one of his uh, friends mm-hmm. and um, we were all sharing one car and I was like, okay, you, t- you can drop me off in Byron if you want to go anywhere else. But it, I think it makes most sense to go back before the border closes and everyone was like okay yeah let's spend the rest of the time in Byron and uh, then go down to Sydney so and kept like contact over the over these two weeks and I was like okay yeah you told me then right before I came back that you would checked into my hostel mm. and I was like okay yeah we're gonna meet again mm-hmm. so let's see where it takes us and yes it could have been weird like we didn't see each other for two weeks after only known each other yeah three days um but yeah, I didn't go, like, again, I didn't go with any expectations. I didn't think, oh, maybe I should check into a different hostel about if it's weird. Like, I was like, okay, if it's weird and I don't want to see her at all, then uh, I just check in some other hostel. What's the problem? Yeah, this is something, it's probably one of my favorite things about Nick, is that you don't overthink anything. You're like, we'll just see how it goes and then deal with it. You're not like, you said, what if this, what if that, what if she hates me, what is she talking about, what is it? It's like, what we were talking getting along yeah why would we not just move to a new like see how the hostel went the reason i moved into this hostel too was marley and max the people i was with had moved in and it was closer to town and it was way nicer than the other hostel so <laughs> nick was right that his hostel was better than mine <laughs> yeah. so i was actually getting a little nervous because like you said we actually really only had known each other for three days and when we talked it was like funny little chats it wasn't like we were getting yeah. deep or facetiming or anything so when you came back I was like, this could be cool. Like we could hit it off and end up spending a lot of time together. Or this could be awkward. Like what if he brings a girl back to the hostel right in front of me? Or what if I'm in the kitchen and he doesn't say hi? Like I started kind of psyching myself out of like, oh God, like this is going to be weird. And so when you came back, I remember that first week, I feel like we were feeling each other out, like kind of going out together. But it wasn't this like unsaid thing of like, yep, we're in the same hostel. Now we're going to be together. I think it was still like, no, we have to make an effort to like, do you want to come out with me? Do you want to come over here? Like some people I think would have assumed like, oh, then yeah, you would have just, just spent every night together. And we weren't like that. No. Like we were kind of like, do you want to come to my room? Do you want to go out? 
Yeah. Like, a, but then, oh, here's the other thing. Marley and Max left. So then you and your brother and your friend were the only people I knew in the hostel. So I was like only hanging out with you. And then I started getting a little insecure, like, oh my gosh, I'm following him around. He's going to think I'm like clinging to him. And you were like, I don't really know that I felt that way. Like, what were you no. thinking when I was with you all the time? Uh, you weren't with me all the time. Like, I feel like we were together all the time. Like, you were not following me. I was not following you. Mm-hmm. We were just like, okay, like, I always go in the hostel and see, okay, who do you spend your day with? And I w- I'm just talking to everyone. And I'm like, okay, that person's doing that. This group is doing this. And I'm like, not following anyone. I let see what plan matches my ideas and whatever. And I don't know, you were easygoing and you had similar interests. And we just did things together. And like, I didn't overthink that either. Yeah. It and was... also, like, it, it only weird if you make it weird. Mm-hmm. Like, if I come back and I was, I would have been like, mm, I don't know how to behave now. Like, I always like to keep, like, you know, these people you test something out with, but you both see, okay, this is not going to work out. Mm-hmm. I'm still in a good uh, relationship with these people. Like, if I would meet, like, a girl I was talking to three years ago mm-hmm. um, today and we got along, but we saw it didn't work out we still stayed friends or lose contact or something just to have like a good relationship. I never like to make it weird because then you're like, "Mm." so as long as one person doesn't make it weird, it's not weird at all to Mm -hmm. be around each other, even though you're not together. Yeah. And that's why I had confidence in coming back to that hostel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was excited. And then like he said, though, he would always like hang out with like different people every day in different groups, which I really liked. But then I started taking that, like my insecurity was creeping up like, oh, he's like hanging out with all these different people because he doesn't want to like be with me, not be with me. But I was, again, I just felt like I was following you. And so I started even texting Marley, like, I feel like I'm following him. And this is like, because we'd go out to the bonfires and then you'd be there. But again, it was, this is when coronavirus was actually pretty bad. So everybody was just either staying at their hostel or totally left. So remember at one point it was like the same exact people in the same hostels that you would see every single night. Yeah. Like the same group, same everything. So when we would go out, I just remember being like, okay, well, we're at the same bonfire again. We're at, there was even a period where I was like, I'm going to go by myself down to the water, watch the sunset. And then Chris whistled my name and then I ended up with you guys again. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I tried to have this night alone and now I'm with them again. Yeah. And then I didn't know if you were going to be like, Chris, like don't call her over again. This is like my mind overthinking everything. Yeah. And in your mind, you're like, no, cool. Like you came and sat down with us. So yeah. I would say after the first week we were hanging out and you were like sleeping in my room and stuff, but it wasn't until the second week that I feel like something clicked yeah. that we were like, okay, we actually really like each other. Why? Like, let's just, make it an effort because you were leaving in a week to hang out i mean every i feel like every day we did our own things but at the end of the day we always caught up and um, did something together and like i was recapping after a few days and i was like do i enjoy this do i not enjoy this is she cool is she not cool i was like yeah she's cool i enjoy this time being with her so um why would i keep it being so loose why don't like my brother i also wasn't on the best foot with my brother at that time because we were on the farms and had a few fights and everything. So I was like, okay, I need to break from this. And um, then I would, like, if you were there, I had a good relationship with you. So I felt like, okay, um, spend time with her more. Yeah. And then it was like the whole thing of like expediting travel dating. It was like we were spending every night together, eating breakfast together, go to the beach together, get lunch, <laughs> go out at night, like doing everything together. And I think the only time we ever breaked was to like shower and go to the bathroom. Yeah. And other than that, it was like, okay, we're going to like be together. And then we can talk about some of the things that happened throughout our whole time together. But to keep like the broad story about how we ended up here together, you were leaving And what was interesting is I remember talking to a few girls about it. Like I'm talking to this guy, but he's leaving in like four days. And so many girls were like, okay, you need to like, let it go. Like it was just a fun vacation playing. And you know, that sounds cute, but he's going back to Germany. Like, why would you even try to keep talking to him? And when I had changed my flight from, uh, to stay in Byron longer, I also applied for another visa. So I was trying to stay for like three or four months and I was obsessed with Byron. Like, so were you. We loved Byron and I loved the sunshine, the people, the environment. 
so in my mind, I was like, I'm not going to Germany. Like I love Byron. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we, if you add up all the days together, it had only been a few weeks. It wasn't anything crazy. And I don't think we really got super close until that last week. Yeah. So my mindset was like, he's leaving and it sucks, but like you had a really fun time with him. Yeah. So like, your... I was, yeah, I was leaving and we said goodbye and we both thought it's over just like we did in Air, for, for early when I went up the coast and somehow we stayed in contact like we both enjoyed it we kept texting and like yeah over the like we kept being in touch so um somehow it then developed that you would come to germany like you wanted to come to europe anyway mm-hmm. um and you were thinking about doing it for christmas but then um yeah we kept talking about it talking about it and i was fine like I was coming back to Germany and still I had never had like expectations. Like I wasn't being like, Oh, like if she, is she coming now? Is she coming? Not. I need an answer now. Like I was, who knows? Like mm-hmm. uh, if she's, if she comes, it's, uh, I would love it. If not, I would get along as well. Like I wasn't deeply enough and I would die without you. Mm-hmm. But um, then like you, you said one day um, I want to come to Germany. I was like, yes, that feels cool. Like I had such a good time. Mm-hmm. And it just like makes me enjoy my time here in Germany even more being with you since I start like my studies and everything new that could be stress. I knew that like it could be stressed to get the visa mm-hmm. and could be stressed to do everything, but still having you here is uh, worth it. So, yeah, we were, we said goodbye. And in my mind, like I said, it was going to be all oh, fun fling. Like if I'm ever in Europe, I'll see you again. But when he actually left, I remember that day I was crying a lot. Like we were crying. I, I was crying when I said goodbye. Yeah, I was in the bus. Uh... <laughs> he said he was getting, his eyes were wet. Yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> he said his eyes were wet on the bus. And I don't think it hit me that like I was going to miss him so much until I went back to my room. And I was like, this is weird. He's been in my room for like two weeks. I'm so used to going downstairs and seeing him. I'm so used to like every day. Again, what, travel dating is so weird because the conversations we had were as if we had been dating for like six months. Like yeah. people hear, oh, you hung out for two weeks. How could you really get to know him? And I'm like, we were talking about our childhood, our futures, our dreams, our failures. Like we weren't like, oh, what do you like to eat? Like it was very yeah. deep conversations. So when you left, I was actually really upset. I remember crying in my room and then I went to the beach and journal and I was like, oh my God, this sucks. I'm never going to see him again. Um, and like he said, my plan actually was always after Australia to go to Europe. I wanted to go to Spain or England. And so then the wheels just started spinning in my head of like, well, if you're going to go to Europe anyway, and you like this guy, why not just go sooner than you planned? And then my plan was still, like you said, the coming Christmas time, because Germany has the best Christmas markets. And then it was really Max and Marley who were like, I'm confused. Like you really like him. You're sad being here without him. You guys still talk. Cause at this time, like you said, we were still talking at this point, we started FaceTiming, like getting closer and closer. So Max, this is like the funny part of Germans being so practical and logical and blunt. He's like, I don't get it. Why would you wait until December? Like, why don't you just go like next weekend? And I was like, Max next weekend. That's crazy. I can't do that. And he was like, I don't get it. Like you really like this guy. He really likes you you guys have talked about you going to Germany anyway. And then it started hitting me too of like, well, if I come in December, then what are we? You know what I mean? Like I was getting a little confused. Like I don't want to be this casual thing of like, oh, let's hook up with whoever we want for the next three or four months and then visit each other. Like it seemed so weird. And then I was talking to you and you're like, well, no, I'll tell people you're my girlfriend. And you had actually called me your girlfriend once at one of the bonfires And I thought it was like a language barrier issue. So can you explain why you called me your girlfriend early Um, on? I never um, like labeled anything like that. I was not like, oh God, like what do we call us now? And I was like, no, like what's the word for it? I don't want to be like explaining to every single person what the stage of relationship is. So I was like, yeah, girlfriend is the easiest one since we spend every day together since we like uh, we love t- spending time together so um why f- fuck around and <laughs> say uh say like oh yeah she's a fling but may- it fe- doesn't feel like a fling and going to every stranger like that i'm like no nah, not having it yeah so that was 
Very interesting, because in America, any American girls listening are probably like, what? He called me his girlfriend in Byron, and I was like, I don't think he knows what that means. Like, I'm not his girlfriend, because in America, <laughs> it's so complicated to be like, the what are we? Like, are we together, but not exclusive, but exclusive, but not really? And I'm like, and he was just so forthcoming about it that it actually assured me a lot that when I was planning to go in December, I was like, okay, well, I'm your girlfriend. And I remember getting off the phone with you and I went downstairs to Marley and I was like, I think Nick and I are boyfriend and girlfriend. And she was like, what? Oh my God. Freaking out. And yeah. So I was like, okay, so that's how we became like boyfriend, girlfriend. Max was the one that was like, yeah, you should go earlier. And then even my mom jumped in and was like, I was telling her the whole story and you know, moms are usually cautious and careful and like, yeah. Oh, it's probably fun, but maybe you'll meet him someday again soon. And she was even like, then why don't you go to Europe? Like, I don't get it. If you hate it, come back, come to the States. Like, what's the big deal? You're not going to be the first girl in the world who ends up changing her plans because she found someone she gets along with. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Like what's interesting too, is anybody that's listened to this podcast, especially the Australia recap is my issue with dating abroad. And the thing that was hard is like, it happens like this, you, you meet and you get along and then you're like, okay, we either stay together or we don't. And it just kept being so heartbreaking to have that happen. And then this was a point where it was like, wait, this is what I wanted for it to work out. And you were so open to it. Like you didn't have any hesitancy. You weren't like, no. mm, I don't know. We'll see what you're like. Yeah, come. So I remember being like, Chelsea, this is what you wanted. Like you met someone it's working out. You said, if this happened, you would change your plans. And now it's time to change it. Like, do you want to go? So I think really having my mom, kind of give me that blessing as well as like max and marley being like why are you staying here like yeah. and then actually the other thing was coronavirus they were like we don't know if it's going to shut things down worse if you're going to be able to leave so i was like okay i guess i'm going to go to germany so it was a whirlwind i remember like i had to basically forfeit my visa that i paid for like technically i think it just expired yeah <laughs> like i had a three-month visa that i paid for and got approved for that i just basically skipped I changed my flight around. I was supposed to go back to the States. I changed it to go to Germany. Um, what else? I, at this point, my business was like starting to ramp up. So I didn't have to like quit a job or anything. But I basically, it was just so weird. I had to like tell everyone I was going to Germany. And of course, the flood of questions is like, whoa, what happened? Da, da, da. But it was when I was launching my first course, which was a really big deal to me. And I remember being like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to change all the the time zone calls of everything. And I want to actually take a step back of like, you found out what my business was kind of in the middle of us talking. So one of the questions I got from listeners, like, what did you think of my business and like what I did? Um, I like, at first I didn't know exactly what it is, like what you do. I had an idea, but I wasn't sure. And then like we talked about it and you explained it to me and I was like, okay, what's this? What's this? Um, but me for me like i i know it's not for me like i don't need mindset coaching or anything I, I don't feel like i need it and it's not for me like yoga is not the sport that i like or <laughs> any any of it but it's still interesting to me because people like it and i want to see like why people like it uh what they get out of it like how that could help me like how single aspects of your work could help me and like how i could need advice or anything and like I just don't judge people on like what, what they're doing. If it like regarding if it's good for me or not, like I, if you choose to do your work, then I'm, I'm, I respect you for it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm not um, giving you shit for doing your work. If you enjoy it, like why, why would that make sense? If you want to sell uh, soccer balls uh, in the, in the mall, I don't care uh, <laughs> if, if you're fulfilled by the <laughs> job, do it. Um, so yeah i didn't have any opinion about it. like i know it's not for me it's not my world but uh i still enjoy when you talk about it or when i can see like okay um like how how i could help you in your business or how it could make you help you make a decision and also see from my world what rules for my world or what ideas i would have in my world um translate to your world of mindset coaching and everything so yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and what was interesting too is that now I realize it, I was just starting to like step into that role. Like I don't even think I was really like owning it yet because I remember I was taking a class in the lobby of the hostel and then you and Chris were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't really know how to say this. And I was like, I'm talking to Germans 
that for sure mindset coaching is already kind of a weird uh, mindset and manifestation coaching is what I really call myself. So imagine this job that already sounds weird to Americans, to Germans. So I was like, oh, I'm working on sales. And then I remember Chris was like, sales, like, I'm like, yeah, I have a course. And like, a course? What? And I'm like, this is so hard to explain, like coaching and minds, like manifestation coaching and a course. And it was, I remember we all went to the beach and we talked about it more. And like you said, we eventually got to know about it more and more. But um, like Nick was saying, when he said he doesn't need mindset coaching, I actually agree because there's a lot of things that Nick tells me that I'm like, Nick, you need to like co-lead a course of mine because these are either things that I teach my clients or that I like preach to them that I haven't really practiced myself. And you tell me them and I'm like, Nick, that's what I just taught in my course. Or like, this is something I just learned in a course. So it's interesting that you have this like really strong mindset. So where do you think that came from? Um, Try and error myself. Like I did that on my own. Like when I was, when I was a teenager, um, I like was insecure talking to new people. I was always a little outside of the group. Like in my class, I was a little outsider, and I was still doing sports and everything. But I was like, okay, I'm good at in in school. I'm I'm athletic. I, I don't know why do I not get along with people that well that they want to be like friends like that I get like a whole big friend group. So I was like, okay, recapping every single. Um, um conversation i had with other people and strangers and like see okay how do they react how did i react what did i say what did I, what did they say and reflecting on it on everything um and like watching other people how they coped with like issues like this i i don't know i just learned learned a lot by doing it myself and yeah like, try and error yeah i remember a specific example i can give you all and this is exactly what i tell my clients is I feel like I have a hard time sleeping. So every time we go to bed or every day, I'm like, oh, okay, we need to go to bed earlier. I, I'm such a bad sleeper. Sleeping is so hard for me. I need to do all these things to sleep. Like I've never been able to sleep well. And then I remember one time thinking like, I should stop saying it so much because now I'm just making myself prove myself right that I can't yeah. sleep. And then you said that to me a week later, you're like, why don't you just tr- try to stop saying that you can't sleep well and see if that changes anything. And I was like, that's what I would have told a client. So it's very interesting. So yeah, we ended up deciding to like make it work and everybody wondering like, oh, well, what if it didn't work? And what did this? I, like I said, I had, I had gone through all those scenarios and I was like, let's say I get there and it's two weeks in and we're like, holy shit, this is like way more than we thought or we can't handle it. Then I have friends in Copenhagen and England. Uh, half the people I met from Australia were in England. So it's not like I was going to be stranded like on the streets of Germany. Yeah. I could have just gone somewhere else or I could have just flown back home and lived with my parents until I figured out my next step. So to me, I wasn't really caught up in the like, what if it doesn't work? And I tried to focus on like, what if it does work? What if it goes amazing? What if we have like the best time ever and stop focusing so much on like the what if it doesn't work question? Yeah. And like that was a big one for me as well, that you had friends in Copenhagen, that you had friends in England, that you had all these connections all over Europe that you could fall back on in case we didn't work out and like we you seemed and we like got so along that even if it didn't get even if it didn't uh, work out uh, we would still be able to talk about it and see like okay what are the options i would still help you to get a lot out of the country and everything Mm -hmm. even though we both know okay this is not gonna work um so yeah i was pretty confident that if we broke up that it wouldn't be a bad one and that, um, like, you always have this option to go to your friends before you, like, have to book an overpriced flight back home mm-hmm. and all of the rush. So, yeah, that's that was a big one for me as well. And I feel like the reason I was so confident in kind of just picking up and going, because obviously when you hear this story and you're like, oh, my God, two weeks and blah, blah, blah. I was confident because you had done so much work to show me that you were serious about it too. Like you had called the border control and printed out the paperwork that I needed. And we're like calling everybody that I needed to. And I was like, someone wouldn't do this if this was just like a fun fling. And also you knew I was like giving up my visa and my life in Byron. Like, and it's, I didn't feel like it was going to be this like casual, let's just see what happens thing. Like, yes, it was, let's see what happens, but not like a fling. Like I knew like we're, kind of starting a new chapter together and I could tell how serious you were because you were helping me so much that I was like okay he's serious about this relationship too not yeah. just like oh I have a girl coming and visit me yeah also I was not feeling like okay I have to do all these things no I was like 
feeling, okay, do you want her to come here? And I was like, yes, let's see if it works out. And even if it's a like, if, if we would have um, noticed, okay, this is not going to work out, it would have been a two week, three week fling. So um, I was like, okay, um, I'm not, I don't have to do all these things. I didn't feel like that, that way. I was like, okay, like, do you want her to come? Yes. So next step is next step, next step, next step. I was like, okay, it's actually not that much calling people like you, you can do that in one day or maybe one week because Germany doesn't open their bureaus all day. But yeah, um, yeah, that's a different topic. Yeah, Germany is not really that easy to get paperwork done. No. Um, I want to go back a little bit to Byron because this was also the reason why I felt comfortable moving was because we kind of had a practice period of living together because of the hostel. So when people, it, I think it would have been much different if we lived in two different hostels because we would have ended up seeing each other only outside and maybe yeah. just going out and getting drunk together. But because we were in the same hostel and then that week where we were spending every day together, we got this preview of like living habits of like, you know, I don't know, of course it's different because we're on vacation, but it's like we were sleeping together every night, spending all day together. Like it wasn't just we were hanging out when we were drunk. Like I was making sure that we could go out on like a dinner date sober and talk to each other yeah. and like hang out at the beach sober and talk to each other and that it wasn't just like getting drunk, fun, going yeah. out. That's why the period. sushi dinner was was also very good to like see, okay, does it work out sober? Does it work out like if it's only us two and not a group of people around us? And yes, we had a good time. And like I remember being a little excited because like always it was like a first date mm -hmm. and um I was like, okay, what do you say? What do you talk about? Like, we didn't have much in common. Like, your mindset coach, I was some guy who came to Australia after after school. And I was like, okay, yeah. But we had a good time. We talked mm -hmm. so long. It was a good evening. Yeah. We never, like, ran out of conversation topics. And like I said, no. we weren't talking about surface-level stuff. Like, there was a period where we were really opening up to each other. So, again, the worst that could happen was I just fly home and we end it and that's it but yeah. it didn't go like that obviously because now we're here recording this <laughs> so people wanted to know about <laughs> we're gonna switch gears a little bit like some of the conflict we've had to face and it hasn't been easy breezy but i think one of my favorite things about our relationship is like we both will do whatever we need to do to figure it out or like find a resolution we're not like oh sorry we just can't figure it out i guess it's over like yeah. i feel like we really try to make it work but something not a lot of people know is that Nick and I have a big age gap and I'm older than him by about eight and a half years. Yep. And when I met him, he did not tell me his real age. So our first conflict was we were getting ready to like plan this Germany trip. And I was talking to you on FaceTime like, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. What are we going to do? And then you kind of like seemed very serious and you were like, I just have to tell you something. And my heart sank and I was like, he has a pregnant girlfriend back home. Like <laughs> he is like, I don't know, not who he says he is. He's in a very, he's married. Like, I didn't know I was freaking out. And then you were like, I'm not the age I told you. And I was like, oh my God, how old are you? And you said, I was yeah, I was about to become 21. That he was about to be turned 21, and I'm 29 years old. And I was like, holy shit. And at first, I kind of laughed, and I was like, what? Because I couldn't believe it. And then you were like, yeah. And then you said it, and then I was like, holy shit, hold on. I need to think about this for a second. Yeah. But this was kind of the first sign of like how you handled conflict is you didn't turn it on me being like oh well just chill out it's not a big deal like who cares you were like I understand if you don't want to talk to me anymore like I, it's not okay that I lied to you and if you want to take your time and like you know call me back later that's fine like you gave me the space that I needed to process it so already I was like well that's a very mature way to allow me to handle this and the only reason it bothered me was my ego obviously was like why on earth would you be dating someone this much younger than you like my siblings are older than him in america you guys know in america like you anybody that is his age in america would be like blacking out hooking up with a new girl every day like so irresponsible and nick isn't like that so i was just bothered that he lied about it and that my ego was like 
no, you need to be dating someone older, like someone that's 35 plus. And I knew there would be judgments about it. I knew friends and family would probably be like, what the fuck? But that was my ego speaking. Um, but again, my wise mother, I called her like kind of crying, being like, oh my God, he lied about his age, da da da. And my mom started laughing. And she was like, <laughs> what, Chelsea? I thought you were going to tell me he has like two twin girls at home that he's taking care of. Or so like, she was like, I, I cannot believe that this is what you're like upset about. And I was like, mom, he's eight years younger than me. And she's like, Chelsea, I dated someone that was like 18 when I was 25 years old. And I was like, what? And then she's like, people do this all the time. Think of like Kourtney Kardashian, Heidi Klum. And then she just started naming all these celebrities and it kind of calmed me down. And I think again, not hearing that judgment really helped me because it, it's silly that I'm 29, like want my mom's approval. But I was like to have her tell me like, who cares what people think? Like, yeah. it's funny, like make a joke about it. Like, who cares? And so her telling me that I was like, you're right. Everything outside of this one lie is fine. And I knew the reason like you lied was because you said I knew you wouldn't have really given me the time of day if I had told yeah, you. If I age. said I'm 20 at the first uh, day we met, you wouldn't like this wouldn't have worked out at all. Yeah. And so he's right. Like people if, watch out if you're in Australia <laughs> traveling, backpackers are there, guys. That they are fifty percent are lying about their age. <laughs> Get that ID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was. It's interesting because I've had people bring up like, "Oh my gosh, he lied!" Like, aren't you upset? Like, you basically started your relationship on a lie, and I'm like, "But it it wasn't a lie intended to hurt me. Like, you didn't lie about uh your relationship status or you know something that bad happened. It was like." truly if he would have told me that if you would have told me your age at that bonfire i would have been like okay like we'll play a beer drinking game and then uh, bye like yeah. i would have never talked to you again so in a way it was like a trick that worked <laughs> because <laughs> now we're together but i will say like the first month we were together my ego was popping up a lot where i was like yeah. holy shit i cannot believe this like this is crazy this will never work. Like you're just getting older and older and he's just starting out his twenties. Like he wants to probably meet all these girls and fuck around and you're like starting your business. And I was just going all in my head. Like I was almost talking myself out of it at times where I was like, yeah. why would you do this? So in your opinion, like why does the age gap to you not matter? Because I'm obviously older. I'm almost 30 now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like if you repeat it all the, all the time to say that, Oh yeah, you're 30, you're 30 then it comes to my mind, I'm like, wow, this is like, this is a big gap, but it didn't, it doesn't really matter to me. Like it matters like what kind of personalities we are and if we match or not. And also like, yes, I'm in the beginning of my twenties, but I was just a year in Australia. I was going around, I was having a good time, but I like, I never had like a long lasting relationship. And I was like, okay, okay, this has been a nice year, but it's going to be nice to go back home and settle down. And not uh, be like single this whole time. And we got along so well. So I was like, okay, the age is the age. But what does it matter if we get along well? So um, I also, to, to, to announce this, I wasn't planning on lying to you about my age for two months or so. I was like, okay, we met. And after three days, I knew I was going up the coast. So, okay, who cares if I tell her the wrong age? We're going to go our separate, separate right. race and that's it. But then I came back and I was already like, okay, like I was testing out the first uh, days if it's really like going to work out and everything. And I was thinking back and forth, should I tell you, should I not tell you and everything? But I was like, okay, no, I'm going to leave in two weeks or even one week. I extended my stay. Yeah, you kept extending it. Yeah, I kept extending my stay because Sydney is cold and Byron was nice and warm and you were there. So it wouldn't have made sense to go away. So I extended and extended but then I left Byron and we said goodbye and I was like, okay, like, why would I tell him that we had such a good time? Why would I tell him my real age on my last days and uh, mess it all up? So I was then going to Sydney, leaving Australia. I was like, okay, this is going to be over, but we kept talking and I would told myself, okay, like if this becomes serious, if she really wants to come to Germany because of me, then I have to tell her that's, that's what I did. Yeah. And I think it actually again the way you told me and explained it I was like well you obviously handled this well and you weren't like I don't know you weren't trying to flip it but 
the reason I also didn't care about his age was because you didn't act that way. Like people put ages on these boxes. Like, oh, if you're 30, you're mature. If you're 21, you're immature. And I'm like, I know guys in Chicago that are 37 that are most like pig, disgusting, immature guys in the world. And Nick, I know him and he seems like people... He, we right now are in a flat with other people and the person you get most along with is a 33-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> like, you and the 33-year-old are the closest and because you're more mature. And like, I could tell that when, even when we would travel and like, not travel, but like go places and order food, like you can tell a lot about a person when you go on dates with them of like how they treat other people and how they treat their money and how they treat like their family. And I was just seeing all this that, because you were there with your brother too. And so I was like, I was seeing all the ways he handled certain things and even conflict. And again, with the like security and the border and me getting through, like you were so mature about it. You were like, I don't know how to call. Like, I don't know how to use the website. Like you knew how to (laughs) do everything that I was like. And even like, it's just these small things, like even checking out of the hostel of like just being mature and I remember one thing that was really a big deal to me was you would always play your speaker really loud in the hostel and you kept getting in trouble. Yeah. Like all the time you were getting in trouble to the point where they started to put up like no music signs <laughs> and someone had told you to be quiet the night before and then you apparently turned it off, but then you turned it right back on. Yeah, I was so drunk. I didn't, I didn't, re- I didn't even remember this, uh, this, this scene that was like crazy. And then the next morning you said that you were like, oh, wow, I, I think I turned it back on. I feel really bad. Yeah. And you like went down and knocked on the office manager's door and was like, I just want to apologize. Like, I'm really sorry. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's really mature. Like, I don't even think I would have done that. And most guys and girls would have been like, oh, they're just assholes. They need to suck it up. They have a stick up their ass. And you were like, no, I actually was like really immature and I want to yeah. go apologize. I mean, so- that was disrespectful. Like, if I don't, I don't like all rules and I don't follow all rules, like, in the kitchen like we are not we were not for example we were not allowed to play the speaker in the kitchen either but like the staff was like, okay if you play it low like not as loud and everything's fine so we did that but one guy actually came in and was like your music has to be quiet all the time like no music at all and i didn't like this guy from um, for other reasons but like that was enforcing that rule if no one was bothered and everyone was enjoying the music it was nice but he wasn't even staying in the room he was just walking through and controlling if the speaker was on or not so i wasn't following that rule but being disrespectful about it that's something that i didn't like like myself to be looked at by other people so i had to apologize of course yeah yeah so i was like again very mature like again, there were so many things where i could tell your maturity level because when you had, i think you had told me when we met that you were 25 so when we had done all these things together, I was like, wow, he's so mature for a 25-year-old. So now imagine when I hear that you're 20, I was like, wow, then he's really mature for a 20-year-old. And um, yeah, so I guess being honest, like the first month I was a little bit like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this is crazy. And I'm sure you had hesitations too, but like eventually you're like, okay, age is just a number. Like, again, I know 40-year-olds who are immature. I know 20-year-olds who, like my sister's actually, Isabella is very, very mature. Like, I feel like she's a 30-year-old trapped in a 21-year-old body. <laughs> but that's exactly what I mean. It's all about the spirit and, like, the person's personality and how they handle things. So that's why the age gap doesn't bother me. And we talk about it every few weeks where I'm like, I am like <laughs> need reassurance where I'm like, it really doesn't bother you? And you're like, no. Like, why would no. it? Like, and I feel like we're honest, too, about future conversations where we're like, yeah, maybe in the future, like maybe I would want a baby in the next six months and I would have to be honest with you and tell you, like, I actually think I want to have a baby. And you could tell me, like, I'm not ready to have a baby. I'm just turning this 21 age. So then we would have a conversation about what to do. But that's one of the other things, like, what if, what if? I don't like to, like, Mm -hmm. go this what if way. I just let things approach me and then decide in the moment. Exactly. Like, of course, you have to plan ahead a little bit. But we can be open about it. Like if you have plans for your future and I have other plans that I don't want to change and you don't want to change, then we go separate ways. That's life. But right now it's it's the best thing like for me and you to stay together and it's the right thing to do it. Yeah. And that's, I think, what, what I love about our relationship is and why this feels so different is I feel like I can be honest where we are like some people look at the timelines and how quickly we fell in love and everything. And they're like, Oh, like blind, like you're just jumping in without even looking at all the conclusions and you're not thinking this through and you guys are just, you know, head in the clouds. And I'm like, 
no, we actually have very serious conversations about, we had one this morning where I was like, I don't want to live in a shared apartment when I'm 33 years old. Like we talk about this stuff all the time. And I think people misunderstand that just because we met for like barely three weeks and moved in together doesn't mean that if anything, we've had to have more serious conversations than anybody that I've met in the first five months. Like usually I wouldn't have had these conversations for like two years, but it's like, we kind of have to. Yeah. And we also didn't have these serious conversations once. Like we talked about these topics over and over again, to be sure like the other person is serious and not just saying something to, I don't know, to make us be quiet about it or anything. So we, had serious talks and like resolved everything that could have been an issue. Yeah. So, and like I said, right, we still do. Like if we have something that I want to bring up, I'm not, I feel like in the past I would have been like, Oh, I don't want to bring up cause I could, we could end up breaking up and I don't want to do it. And now I'm like in a space where you said, it's like, well, if that's what I want and that's what we want, then why it would be unfair to stay together. But right now we're on the same page. So why would I, why would I cut it off now? If for a, what if, like that yeah. doesn't make any sense like you said exactly. so yeah so that's what the age gap that was like our first conflict um someone asked what's the f- worst fight we've had and why yeah and i can explain this one so <laughs> we were like i said drinking a lot in byron we were in party mode and this one specific night i had been drinking so much i started drinking earlier in the day i had like six ciders then we went out to a barbecue and then i had like three more drinks And then I got a bottle of wine and drank the whole entire bottle of wine. And then we went out to a party um, on the beach and we were at the beach party. And at this point, me and you had been like spending the night together. Like I was like, yeah, I'm like with him. Like I didn't, I was over that stage of like, Ooh, what does he think of me? I was like, yeah, "Yeah, we're like together. And we were like having so much fun at this party, getting along so well. And then we get there and you're, this is like maybe 10 minutes in and my 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 drunk ears heard this hey there's this girl at the party uh, that i've hooked up with before i just told her i'm here with you my girlfriend i want to give you a heads up and i want her i wanted her to know too like i'm here with my girlfriend so like that's that and my logical mind was like oh that's actually really nice like he basically stated so this girl doesn't try to like come up to him and do anything like i'm with my girlfriend he's calling me his girlfriend And he's like assuring me, like, if she comes up, don't worry. Like I told her, like, I'm with you. So I was like, wow, that's a mature thing to do. My drunk mind was like, oh, so he's just like talking to this girl and like caring about her and going around and trying to find her. Like I was just starting to like go crazy. Anytime anybody gets super drunk and like starts becoming another version of themselves, I start calling them like Venom, like the alien movie. And I feel like Venom was coming out of me where I was like, So then you just were talking to her and then you're like, what? Like, I, yeah, I talked to her and then I thought you had hooked up with her and you told me you didn't even ever hook up with her. No, never. And I thought you had. And so I was just like, okay, well, thanks. Like, cool. I don't know. And you're like, okay. And then for some reason it got brought up that she was good looking, but I don't remember how that got brought up. Yeah. I told you like, what was the story? Like, I don't know. I like we talked and uh, she she was also much older than me. She, like she was also twenty nine, which oh, is funny. Whoa. <laughs> and um, yeah, like we met at one party and like um, we talked and I I told you that I told her like you're good looking. Let's uh, I don't know you you seem nice. Let's hang out and um, like we wanted to, but it was like it never. I went up the coast and everything. That was before you, and uh, so we never met. But um, I saw her at that party and she saw me. So we said hello. And I was like, hey, this is like, I'm here with my girlfriend. So yeah, don't worry. And she took off. Everything's everything's fine. And I, like you said, I just wanted to give you a heads up. And um, like I told you the story about us, how we met and what it, like what happened. And yeah, maybe that detail that I said, uh, like that I told her that she was good looking. Uh, I don't know what that threw you off or anything, but... That yeah. was really one of the Well, fights. because then when you said good looking, I was like, well, why did I need to know that detail? And I was taking that as like, he's trying to, what's the word? Like undercut me and make me feel like insecure around her and like probably have both of us fighting over him. Again, this is like my drunk, I had a bottle <laughs> of wine, cider, like a million other things during the day. So this is not me like sober thinking. So I just heard the word good looking girl hook up 
from the past. And I was like, oh my God, like, you know, insecure me. It was just like, if this goes wrong, he's going to leave with her or something. I was just going crazy. So we were just going in circles where I was like, yeah, you we didn't need to tell me she was good looking. And you're like, oh, what? Like, that's not even the point. I'm here with you. And I was like, well, then you shouldn't have said this. I mean, I wasn't even making sense. Like, I started to even catch myself being like, Chelsea, you're going down a random path. Like, you were going in circles. You you kept repeating yourself. Like, you said <laughs> one thing, I explained it, and you said the thing again, and I explained it again. And at one point, I like grabbed your shoulder and was like, Chelsea, listen to me. And I was like, I want to have a good night. And this is not, this shouldn't even be a fight. I just wanted to give you a heads up. I think this is over now. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're at this beach party. We were there with Marley and Max. It was like super, it was one of the biggest ones we've been to. It was like in the bushes, there were lights. I was like, this is actually a really fun party. So you can either drop it now and have fun or do what? Like continue. It was almost like I was like pushing you to see how far you would go with your apology or something, which was just an insecure move. And then finally we resolved it. So I would say that was the worst fight because it was like the longest one. And it was the one where we were like the most heated, where I was like thinking illogical and you were like, Chelsea, stop. Like you didn't yell at me and you didn't call me a name or anything, but you were like more stern with me. You're like, stop. I was straightforward. Like said, like, this is, uh, this is enough for me. I just want to have a good night and Mm -hmm. uh, it should be over now. (laughs) But then again, the next day, that was something that I liked the way he handled it. You weren't like, oh, okay, well, if you're going to argue with me, I'll just go back with her. Like, you weren't, like, threatening me. You weren't trying to make me feel stupid. You didn't yell at me. You didn't call me a name. You weren't like, okay, then bye. Have fun by yourself. Like, you handled it really mature, and I could tell that you really wanted me to not feel whatever way I was feeling. So I was like, okay, that was actually a really mature way to handle it. So it was just, like, another thing that I would, like, mentally take a note of. Like, okay, I like the way he handled that confrontation. Yeah. Um... Whenever, whenever, like, whenever we have like differences or like different looks at something or viewpoints, we talk about it calmly. Like we don't fight. Yeah. Like we don't fight fight. We don't call each other names. We don't do anything heated. Like we are chill and relaxed and trying to resolve anything when we like even look at things differently. So big fights, maybe if there's alcohol involved, yes. But otherwise i don't recall any big ones yeah like when someone asked us this question we were going through and i was like we've had that that byron fight and like a few little ones but we we don't even call them fights because to me a fight is like i'm gonna keep going until i'm right and we're gonna keep going back and forth like a match and we don't do that we're not like it's like do you want to be right or do you just want to like get along and i feel like both of us are like we want to resolve this and move on not like that's something I feel like I've learned in relationships is I used to fight and be like, well, I'm not backing down until he admits that I'm right. And now yeah. I'm like, I if we get into an argument or con- confrontation, I'm not in the space anymore of like, oh, I'm going to be right. Cause it doesn't feel good. Like, let's say you're like, okay, fine. You're right. I'm like, okay, well that feels weird. Like now I just feel like an asshole. Yeah. So we don't really have, yeah, I don't, we don't have big fights. We've never called each other a name. No. I've never raised my voice, like thrown anything at you. Like God, no. <laughs> we're very easygoing. So we got lucky there, but that's not to say we haven't had an easy time. Like yeah. we ended up moving into your parents' house because the plan was you were going to start school. And then I think it was a month later. And then we had planned a trip to Copenhagen. So we were really only going to be there for two weeks. So yeah. I was like, well, that's easy. Like stay in your parents for two weeks and then just leave. But obviously when you guys think about this whole story, even saying it out loud, like, oh, I just met a girl two weeks ago. She's a mindset coach. She's eight years older than me. Like I, people did have their opinions. Like yeah. my friends and family said some things, like your friends and family, I'm sure said some things. Yeah. And then it ended up being where we had to leave your parents' house because I don't know if you want to tell the side of the story. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like it came, a few things came together. Like me, my brother came at the same time back from Australia. So the house was all like all of the sudden, it wasn't three people at home. It was all of the, all of the sudden five. And then I, I asked like, Hey, can Chelsea move in for two weeks until I start studying? And they were like, yeah, no problem. So then it's six people instead of three. And 
yeah, the, 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 of course, there was more work in the household. There were more dishes. There's more this. There's more people. It's more stress. And, and like my parents told me then afterwards, like we had a fight. I had a fight with my parents over the whole thing. But two things just came together, like six people at the house, the stress. And then my grandma was sick. So that came on top of stress. And like and i was also working remember like yeah. i had to do like my workshops and my my course was going on so yeah, there was yeah. a period where i was like upstairs using the office and then it was like awkward because your mom had to work like there were yeah. just too many cooks in the kitchen yeah exactly and then like it was it was just yeah the house was full it was stress for everyone and also my parents aren't like these people that always tell you something in a neutral way when they when something bothers you bothers them they like they take things in and when it gets too much it becomes too much yeah so that's why this whole um yeah looking back i still don't understand everything but we resolved that issue so that's done now but that also that wasn't an easy easy period of time in our relationship yeah like it ended up it ended up the timing of it was like we were leaving in copenhagen anyway the next day or something yeah so i was like well it's not like i have to awkwardly like go get an airbnb like i'm literally going to my best friend's house this is actually a funny story too, that two of my best friends live in Europe and we planned this trip to Copenhagen. So people were actually asking, have I met Nick's friends? And Nick actually met my friends first. So I was like, if we went back to America, you would have met these two girls first anyway. Yeah. So we went on this trip to Copenhagen. So the timing worked out. The plan was to go back to your parents' house. But then I think I ended up just staying in England with my friend until you, that's what happened. Yeah. I stayed in England until you started until you moved into this flat and then we moved in together. Yeah. So Copenhagen happens. And I think this is for me where I was like, oh, wow. Like, I think I'm falling in love with him because we were like, had the best time. Like, I don't know, you handled the family. You handled me getting over here so well with all the paperwork. Then when I moved, it was like, fine. It wasn't anything awkward. Then like your family, I felt like you were like really sticking up for me. And then the car ride over to Copenhagen was fun like the trip was fun yeah and anybody that travels with a partner like you know you get to know your partner so well when you travel so like even the car ride I'm like this could be weird like what if I want to listen to music over podcast or whatever and like I think you let me like pick the music the whole time and it, I don't know you know like there's just so much you learn about someone when you travel and yeah like even when we got to Copenhagen Copenhagen is not cheap it's like one of the most expensive cities and I was like, this is going to be interesting to see how he handles this because it's not like I'm rolling in the dough, but I think I had just launched my course. So I did have like more money and I was just thinking about, oh God, I wonder if he's going to be like, oh, well, let's not go out to eat. Let's go eat at McDonald's with your friend. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just didn't know. Cause I was like, Copenhagen is a very expensive city and you were like down for everything. Like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do this. Let's meet up with your friends. Like you weren't being cheap about anything. And and if anything, I was the one like, holy shit, like, let's like go do something different to eat out. And then we'll meet up with our friends because it was all adding up. But um, I didn't know how you would handle meeting my friends. And my one friend has kids and then her friend had kids. So I was like, this is different than Byron, where we were like around backpackers getting yeah. blackout drunk. Now we're hanging out with like families. Set and of literally, and yeah. Like in an expensive city. So yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know how this is going to go, but it went like really well. Yeah. I enjoyed the time. Like here and there, there's always like times where I was like, okay, that seemed like too much 20 year old, but, um, in the end, like overall, everything was really nice. Like I enjoyed the time there and it seemed like everyone in Copenhagen loved us there. So yeah, it was, it was a, fun. It was like perfect trip. And that's where I also learned because Brianna, one of my friends and I were even talking about like the age gap thing at one point. And she was like, I don't even think that's a crazy age gap. Like you guys are both in your twenties. And you know, what's interesting too, is the reason I was like judging our age gap is like, oh, well, you know, he was like living in hostels and traveling and bopping around and not that serious. And everyone's like, that's literally exactly what you were doing. Like you were living in hostels and bopping around and traveling yeah. and nannying and cleaning and having a like if anything you could have said the same thing about me like why are you 29 staying in a hostel like why do you have a job at a gelato spot like so I was like judging from a place that I didn't even need to be judging from and when we went to Copenhagen that's what my friend Brianna confirmed she's actually dating a younger guy too and they are now married they met abroad they moved in together now they're married and have two kids so yeah. it was just kind of nice to hear their story because she was like 
what? Like, this isn't, it's like, I made a big deal out of something that really wasn't a big deal. Like when people hear it, they're like, that's what, what you were worried about, like the age gap. So yeah, Copenhagen was super fun. And that's the place where we said, I love you first. Ooh, leaving you all on a cliffhanger. Yup, that's right. I am cutting this off for part one. So you have to tune in to part two to see who said I love you first, if the other person said it back, what unfolded from there. And we also answer all the listener questions in part two. So if you're someone who wrote a question on my Instagram or sent me one, we answered them all in part two. And then we also did rapid fire questions at the end of part two. So they were completely surprised questions that we weren't prepared for that we asked each other. And I think it was a really fun way to get to know each other. And I think I'm going to start doing that in 2021 for every guest and change up the questions. Or I don't know, maybe I'll come up with signature questions. So if you all have an opinion on that, let me know. DM me at Chelsea Reif or at pod. You can also go to inmynonexpertopinion.com or chelseareife.com or write into hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com. If you found this episode funny or entertaining or educational or valuable in any way, I would definitely appreciate a review. Reviews help this podcast reach more people. And my love language is words of affirmation, so I can't lie, I love seeing them. So again, if you found any value, drop a review in iTunes. You just scroll down to write a review, leave a five-star rating, it's not five stars, don't do this exercise. I'm just kidding. You can be totally honest with what you think. But like I said, these reviews are so, so helpful in helping the pod reach more people. And hopefully you've enjoyed this episode just as much as I have. And with that, we'll see you back for part two.